Welcome to the Giants Huddle, a New York Giants podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Giants Huddle podcast from Indianapolis. My name is John Schmelk. We've had four two-hour versions of Big Blue Kickoff Live over the course of this week. Make sure you go check them out either on podcast form on your favorite podcast platform or on Giants.com slash podcast or just go to the video tab and click on Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com. You can find the video format of the shows there. I picked out an interview with Charles Robinson from Friday's episode. We talked about what's going on with NFL free agency, the CBA, and everything else he's hearing at the NFL Combine in Indy for this week's edition of the podcast. Now we're joined by Charles Robinson, senior reporter for Yahoo Sports. Charles, how are you? I'm doing well. I want to know, is it is it better to be freezing cold like it is now or was it better to be wet earlier in the week that's what i'm trying to figure out was the rain better or is the like i walked over here and i i was texting with a guy and he's asking me questions i was like dude i gotta put my phone in my pocket i'm dying i gotta put my hands in my pocket to get here let's start with this no one has a better nfl combine timeline on twitter than you do you are the king of measurements (laughs) why did you start doing that and just had the whole thing come about because when i when i'm here i need measurements i just go to charles robinson's twitter feed and i scroll i appreciate it i apologize for killing your timeline (laughs) 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 i've learned to try i'm like you know what if i could self-contain this between like eight and ten i have fewer people who like because i'll see like agents and like other media people or whatever and they'll be like dude come on man like stop you gotta stop what you're doing i like it uh, actually, it was interesting. A couple of years ago, um, you know, I had a, I had someone in the room, and we were kind of texting like during um, weights and measures, and I don't even remember what player it was. It might have been Leonard Fournette, I think. I think Fournette had come in, and he's like, "Oh my god!" He's like, "Man, Fournette looks great." And I forget what Leonard he weighed in, and it was like two thirty six, two thirty nine, something like that. And uh, I was like, wow, I'm like, wow, that's a pretty big, you know, weight, whatever. He looks great. So I just kind of tweeted it out and, you know, it got a lot of traction. People were really excited about it. And I thought, man, I was like, hey, if you see anybody else notable, let me know. So I kind of rolled that out there. And, it, you know, people seemed to absorb it. And it wasn't, you know, they don't put out those weights and measures until late in the evening. Right. And I thought, you know, if I if I can get one of my guys, you know, one of my sources to, you know, maybe help me out and just feed me the weights and measures as they come in, it's something that, other people don't have, and in the morning, if it can get traction, people are excited to talk about it. I thought maybe the NFL would be a little more upset about it, you know, because this is obviously getting released far earlier in their timeline. But in a weird way, I've had people actually around the league kind of tell me, no, it's kind of good because you sort of see the buzziness of some of these guys. It starts so early now in the morning. That's interesting. I thought you found your way into the room. Someone's actually no. getting you yeah, that stuff. No way. Interesting. <laughs> okay. No way. See, I that's never. why I asked the question. There's like 17 layers of security into that room. <laughs> yeah. I w- trust me. I wish I could get into that room, and, and no, I, I cannot. And uh, Though I heard that room's a little bit awkward, though. The way they it, – it's a little oh, awkward. It's, it's packed. It's, you know, I, it's funny because I heard um, – I actually had breakfast with some guys this morning, and we were kind of talking about – the weights and measures, and one of them says to me, he goes, you know, uh, the Chiefs have a kid who sleeps out, uh, literally sleeps overnight so he can get Andy Reid a front row seat during weights and measures. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. He's like, no, he's got a pillow and like a blanket and everything. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, the line for weights and measures is pretty interesting. That is but, great. But how about Andy? You know, like you got a kid sleeping overnight to get you the front row. I'm surprised he doesn't try to scalp the seat. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad idea. StubHub. StubHub.com. Uh, that's our uh, That's a new sponsor. <laughs> Let me switch gears a second and kind of ask you a combo CBA free agent question. Sure. Uh, we know that there's going to be a vote of all the players on the CBA, yeah. but 
if and when that gets done, it may impact the possibility of still having two tags, mm-hmm. the franchise and the tra- transition, yep. or only having one tag. Yep. So first off, do you think it will get done in time to convert it to only one tag? And then second part of the question is, which of the biggest names on the board is not going to get a tag and is going to wind up switching teams? Well, I'll speak through the, the eyes of the Dallas Cowboys. They do think it's going to get done. And and the reason why I speak through the Cowboys is because the transition tag, I believe they would have used it on Amari Cooper. You do? Um, yeah, to, to, to try and hang on to him. Um, you know, Jerry, Jerry Jones voted for this, you know, to get this moved through. And, you know, he's... His his thing is like let's do the business when the business is good and I'm not going to worry about like look if 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 we have to go to battle for Mari Cooper and that's what's got to happen let's do it and you know just from talking to people around the league they seem to feel like and and you know inside the um, the NFLPA and some of the players it sounds to me like there is inside the general membership enough of that 50% plus one to get this deal done. So I think Amari Cooper's the guy that if this does get done and the Cowboys seem to think that it's it most likely would eliminate their ability to put a transition tag on Amari Cooper, he's going to end up being the guy um, that will ultimately go to market for them because I the Dak Prescott deal, I just don't see. The only way Amari ends up staying is if they can use then the franchise on him and the Dak deal doesn't Well, stop. I guess that's my question because the Cowboys have a ton of cap space, right? So couldn't they theoretically just decide, even if we're overpaying, we can make sure we get one of these guys done before they hit the market? Well, they could. And, um, you know, I look, the cap now is not its not in any way a hard cap. I mean, if you're really creative, and that's why, honestly, salary cap, you know, uh, individuals are at such a premium now is because you can move money around now and, and create cap space if you have to. And, or you can you can structure deals in a way that, that allows you to move money in the future. I mean, there's ways to now create and make money as long as you have an ownership group that's willing to be on the hook for whatever amount of guaranteed money you have to sure. you know, have an escrow. Yeah, you can that. convert base to signing bonus, all yeah, that stuff. absolutely. Right. If you have the money, you know, if you're Stan Kroenke, you know, you're like, hey, I'll pay it. If you're Jerry, I'll pay it. So if you have the money and ownership. So, you know, I, I think what's interesting is um, Jerry Jones and this ownership knows – what these TV? I, I know the TV deals aren't done. They're not done, right? They're come on. <laughs> like they have, they have. They a, have an idea of what's going. They down. have a good idea of what's going on with the TV deal. So, I think not only you know can they move money around now. I think they know if this gets done, we can be aggressive and go after Amari and Dak and and do what we need to do and structure the deals because we maybe know where the money when it's coming in this deal. And here I'll give you a nugget here. I'm going to end up reporting this later today, but I might as well roll it out now. Um, there is a salary cap model that the NFLPA has shown to some of the players, and it's you know, and then obviously the management knows that based on if this passes and they get the 48.5 percent revenue split, mm-hmm. and there is six percent growth um, in the NFL uh, each year revenue overall revenue growth of six percent, um, they are projecting a possible salary cap move of it would start at 203 million dollars this year. I believe next year it would jump to 252 million. <laughs> Whoa! And then by year three, it could potentially jump into the 290s. Now, again, this is—it's fluid. That is not a a locked-in salary cap model. It is dependent again upon six percent growth the 17th game, and um, the six percent growth the 17th game, and essentially getting these these television deals locked down. So now. this is interesting. So then teams in, in this theory, Charles, because they, they, they're sure seeing these same models, right? Yes. 
these teams should all be trying to lock up these guys' long-term contracts now. Well, it's what's interesting to me is I've spoken to a number of general managers, and they are not being – ownership is not telling them, like, hey, here's how this is modeling out. I think the reason why the NFLPA modeled it out is because they're trying to show players, look, this is what's coming. Like, if, if right. we have – if there's modest – now, you could say that 6% revenue growth in the NFL is not modest growth. You could say that's aggressive growth, particularly when you look right now and see what's going on with – Stock markets in the red, like you know, right. we're, we're, we we could be heading, you know, to to a, 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 a I don't want to say a recession, but there's potentially a economic problem. Yes. Yeah, I mean, who knows with what's going on yeah, right correct. now? Correct. But you know, that's I think so. On the owners' end, they're like, here's where ratings are. Um, they're great. We we have an election cycle coming up. The getting is good right now, and I think the NFLPA leadership knows the getting is good right now. So now the NFLPA leadership is like. We understand you guys don't think you're getting enough. You want the 50% revenue split, all this. So here's a model we have, a good times model. We'll just call it a good times okay. model. This is what this looks like. This is where this cap could be. And, I, and when I initially heard the number, particularly, you know, you jump to 253 or whatever it was in, in 2021, I was like, oh, my God, that's unbelievable. But then I sat and I thought about it, and I'm like, okay, well, that's including a 17th game. So if everybody gets the 17th game adjustment, if there's right. no cap, on that, you're automatically eating some of that, um, and then uh, the extra playoffs. The, the extra playoffs. So I, I can see, and then I saw Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk reported that teams are looking at right now at receiving, if this goes through, 100 million dollars in in additional money per team per year. Okay, well, let's just do the math on that. If you're yeah. getting a 48.5 percent split, that's 48.5 okay. million dollars. Right. So that lines up with the cap jump. So. Okay. Um, okay. Initially, I was blown away. And the thing is, when I talked to general managers about it, they're like, what? <laughs> like, wait, that, are you sure? Like, is that right? You sure that's right? By 2021? Ooh, monopoly money. Yeah, exactly. So I, I – it, and, and the thing is, too, what's interesting about this, if it's going to happen and it, the good times model actually comes through, it's an advantage to some NFL teams if you're sitting there and you're oh, entering sure. free agency and you're like, hey, that's coming. Sure. Let's prepare for it. So we're going to put a lot of money in 2021 and 2022 and – so it's all of a sudden Dak at 35 is not that big, not that big of a deal, right? Uh, yeah, I, it, it makes it a, it's, it makes it far more palatable. Although I don't know if we're at 30. Well, 38, whatever you're talking about, right? The, that's the problem. Is the second the agents hear these numbers, they're gonna go, oh, okay. So Dak, <laughs> all right, that's an easy 40. Having said all of this about money and caps and free agency, Jack Conklin seems yeah. to be the premier tackle. On the free agent market, the Giants certainly are in a position where they'd like to upgrade their offensive line. Is it going to be realistic to think that they could be in the market for him, or is he going to get such an astronomical number that not even the Giants can look at it? Um, So I I will – okay, there are a couple of things happening right now. Teams uh, with the free agents, because free agency has been pushed out a little bit, you're hearing less numbers about like, so I try to usually come out of the combine, but usually by Monday. So I guess I'm still a little early here, but usually by Monday, I try to come out knowing what's the top of the market at these different positions. There's been a little bit of difficulty determining the top of the market. And it's because NFL teams who would be bidding on guys don't want to give agents numbers right now because they're like, you have a long time to shop that number. So if I give you the Jack Conklin number right now, he's going to have a market and you're going right. to go and you're going to run it to the Browns. You're going to run it to the Giants. You're going to run it all over the place. And then I'm going to be sitting it. So what I've heard early on with, with Conklin is I think the Titans would really like to get him back at about 15 million per year. Okay. So mm-hmm. 
you know, can the Giants be in the market for that? I, to me, I feel like 15 a year might actually be a little bit of a discount because I'm sure the Browns are going to be interested in him. You know, I'm sure the Giants are going to be interested. He's going to have a market. Um, you know, it all depends. What what do you feel is the, the proper amount to spend on him? And do you have a cornerback target? Is Byron Jones going to be a target? Mm-hmm. Kyle Van Noy, is Kyle Van Noy going to be a target? You know, so. What about Littleton? Is he going to be a high market guy or no? Um cover linebacker i got those showbert into that mix yeah too. yeah i mean look the, the guys that can run those guys i mean because there's so much use now and those and the cover linebackers tend to be on the field a heck of a lot more now mm-hmm. than they used to be um yeah you know I've, i mean i don't i can't i'll be honest with you i don't know where his market will be but those cover guys edge guys there's going to be a press market for any edge guys because a lot of the yannick and is going to get tagged like a lot of these, sure. these edge guys are going to get tagged so you're going to see robert quinn coming out of dallas He's going to have a market because there's just not going to be a lot of edge guys there. Olivier Vernon, most teams could have him for nothing right now if they wanted to offer the Browns almost anything for him. I think they could peel him off that roster. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't get traded, he'll get cut, and I think Olivier Vernon will have somewhat of a market just because there's not going to be. You know, Chris Jones, if Chris Jones hits the market, which he's not, he's getting tagged, but had he hit the market, I think Chris Jones would have been if – if your number one free agent is Dak Prescott or whoever, one of those quarterbacks, say you stick them at the top, um, or however you feel about Tom or what, I mean, re- realistically, I think Chris Jones is the number one free agent. Had he hit the market, mm-hmm. you know, he mm-hmm. was the guy that everybody would have would have jammed in there to get, and it's why he's looking at like a Frank Clark salary, and he's a he's a you know interior lineman, who's, right? You know, so it's going to be um, interesting to see how when this CBA comes in, and maybe that model or some of the money is sort of explained to the cap guys and maybe general managers how aggressive the market gets. Right. Final question, Charles. Talking to GMs, what have been some of the reactions to what we've seen from some of the draft prospects this week? Anything you're hearing about guys that have either surprised, disappointed, guys moving around? Mm-hmm. What are some things you're hearing? The Jeffrey Okuda kid out of Ohio State um, has come in. You know, it's interesting because he's got, like, a pinky deformation, so his hands were different sizes. He's actually showing it off yeah. at the podium yeah. today, yeah. Well, he I, – I can tell you right now, he's um, – if, you know, Chase Young wasn't that guy at number two, I think there's a chance that a corner could go no- – I mean, that's how good he is. Right. Like, a lot of wow. teams really right. love him. Like, are yeah. like he is, ha- he is about as perfect as he could be, and he's been so far here about as perfect as he could be. Um, so I hear a lot of good things about him. You know, Jordan Love um, has been – I think there's a very good chance that four quarterbacks go in the top seven picks. I really do. Four I th- and seven. Yeah, I, th- I think, look, right now, Joe Burrow, um, you have Tua, you have now why I say four is I think Justin Herbert, there's a team in the top seven that really likes Justin Herbert quite a bit. And and so, and and the reason why I say the top seven is I think the 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 seventh pick the the Panthers are kind of the bottom of sort of where that quarterback market slots mm-hmm. in. Agreed. Um, now Love is the one when you talk to everybody about the quarterbacks here, all these people across the board are like, he's he's effortless. When you look at his tape, some of the turnovers look a little bit better because the team around him is so bad. You're just hearing a lot of these things that tend to be to amplify a guy's stock. And Herbert's been good enough here to keep himself. And, I, and Herbert, I kind of felt, was a 50-50 guy. Some teams liked him, some teams didn't. And I, But I feel like he's had a really good showing here. So all of a sudden you're feeling like those four quarterbacks mm-hmm. have a lot of buzz in them. And so I, I would not be shocked if, if all of a sudden you get toward the end of the process and everybody's trying to jam. Now what's going to affect that, though, is where's Tom going to go, you know? And then where's <laughs> Philip Rivers going to go? And then where's, you know, so, 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 so some of these guys start to – 
to come off the board. So Well, we should follow up then, Charles. So do you think there'll be a robust opportunity for the Giants to potentially trade down then, or are these teams going to be willing to stay put where they are in that top seven for the guy to fall to them? I, no, I think there's I think there's definitely a chance. I mean, more. I think it's more of sort of an on-the-clock chance. You know, it's like, right. I, let's see what happens right before. I... I cannot see Washington passing on Chase Young. I really can't. I just, it's hard for me to. Nobody to, can. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just, there's no. I remember talking about the weights and measures. I remember when Chase Young walked on the stage, and instantly I got like four texts for like, oh, God. Like, this, <laughs> oh, like no. this kid looks every bit like, wow. Like, everybody's like, him. And then the Makai Becton kid, this is actually kind of a funny story. So the Makai Becton kid is a Louisville offensive lineman who came in at 368. And so, like, when I've been told, like, in weights and measures, because they're rattling off numbers so quickly, everybody's head's down, and you're just writing and writing. You're not even really looking up at the kids. Like, okay. some people are, but most people aren't because they're, they're rattling numbers so fast. So they, they announce the kid's height, and then they're, like, 368, three, like, 368. And, he's, and one of my guys goes, you could literally see, like, half the room. <laughs> like, 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 oh, my God, this kid's 368. You know what's interesting? He told us in the press briefing he wants to play 350, maybe 355. Hey, he, I, honestly, I was stunned when I saw him. Like, I hadn't seen him until after that measurement came in. Mm -hmm. And he came on our set, and he did, he did some, uh, a video interview. And it was funny because it was, it was like a bar top chair, like a high bar top chair. And his feet were flat on the floor. <laughs> and, I'm, look, I'm, six, I'm like six four and a half, and even I can't do that. I'm like, man, that's amazing. So, but I, I looked at him, and I'm like, wow, he carries – how did your stage hold him? That's what yeah, I wanted. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm like, uh, is the riser? Like, is this gonna be all right? I'm a big guy. He's a big guy. Like, what's gonna happen here? Yeah, he's. I caught. Look, I covered the Lions when they when they brought in Aaron Gibson. Like, he. That's the I last guy him. I can. Yeah, I can remember sure. the Wisconsin kid who, by the time he was done in the league, was hitting 400. Mm -hmm. um, and he did not carry it nearly. No. Like this guy, it's stretched out. And interestingly, since you know, look, the the, the Giants are gonna be in it for for offensive linemen. That is actually another thing I heard is. There are a lot of people very impressed by offensive, and I've heard this for a few years, but this year in particular, offensive line bodies. Like you got really big guys coming through, tall guys, but big guys with a lot of weight on them, and they're they look really good. First time so, in a lot of years, too. Yeah, and it isn't bad weight; it. it's yeah. good weight. Yeah, no, it's all good weight, yeah. and it's and it's weight where you're like. We could add. We could actually put 10 more on this guy or 15 more, and it's not going to dramatically change. Not him. Yeah, no, no, not him. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, let's not. Good Lord. Let's not do that. Well, you mentioned you covered the Lions. This will be the final question, I guess. Are they open for business at three, or, or they love Okuda so much they might stay? I, look, I think it, it's it was funny because they were in the worst of situations to end up in three because, you know, it's like, oh, it's a two-man draft. It's right. Burrow and it's young, and mm -hmm. it's and then and then the draft, the next draft begins. Um, I think they've lucked out a little bit in having three because now there is a lot of quarterback interest. And, and I do see, you know, if – so say you're the, you're the Carolina Panthers and you're sitting there and you're going, hey, you know, we can't get Burrow, but Joe Brady looks at Tua and really sees a guy that, that can fit what he likes to do. Um, and, and, you know, we got to move now. I, I, would, I would just say that everybody that's sitting there in that mix through seven – if they really want their guy and they don't get anybody, you know, any of the targets in free agency or whatever, the first place you're going to look is you're going to look at two and you're going to be told no. Right. right. Or, the, or the Redskins are going to give you sure. some astronomical number. Sure. Then you're going to look at three. And so Detroit's actually in a good position. But we'll see because Akuda's done well enough here that I think now Detroit's got to sit there and think about we really could use this guy. You know, we're going to move Slay. 
you know, and and this is a guy we feel we can plug and play immediately, and so it gives them something to think about. But now they're in kind of a better spot than they were. Final one, steal one more. Mm -hmm. Tua, how much is his injury history? It's not just the hip, it's the ankles now, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How much does that make teams reticent to commit to him mm -hmm. And whatever assets it's going to take, go and get him yeah. as the franchise quarterback. I look, yeah, that whole list. You, as you said, look, it's not just um, it's not just the hip. There's a litany of things. Like he's had a lot of things there that have held people back. And then when you combine that with, you talk to guys who put on tape, and they're like, look, you know, he does have tape that you like. But the thing is, when you roll his tape, you're like, clean pocket, clean pocket, clean pocket, clean pocket. And every time he puts the ball up, you're like. Okay, there's no nobody within five yards of that. There's, there's Jerry Judy. Right. There's yeah, Henry yeah, Ruggs. It's just like, and yeah, and you look at the wide receiver room, and you go, literally, two is going to go into an NFL room where the the rooms, the wide receiver room is not going to be as good as his one in Alabama. some ways. And the offensive the line same might not be as good either. You could say about Haskins. Yeah. When he yeah. was at Ohio yeah, State, yeah, incubator quarterback who had everything absolutely. there for him. And Haskins, the one thing I heard last year going to that draft was he led the nation in uh, like they measure how open are your receivers. Right. And he led the nation in open receivers. And and so, exactly. So Tua is kind of in that same situation. But here, here's the interesting thing I'll tell you about Tua. It's a little bit of a nugget. Teams are very interested in going into Alabama and saying, how hard does he work? Like, how hard does he work? How much is he in the, in the, in the um, building? Is he wearing your coaches out? Is he turning the lights out at night? Like, and the reason why that is is the guys who work, you know, who are in there working in the weight room, you know, who just tend to be in the facility – are also the guys who stay healthier, mm -hmm. you know? And so, like, they get concerned when they see all these injuries. So the first thing they want to ask Nick Saban and then the training staff there is, is he working hard to get back from those injuries? But what is he doing before these injuries occur? Like, how hard is he working? Like, you know, where is he physically? So that's going to be some questions he has to ask. There's concerns about Tua. Some teams really love him, but then there's, you know, there's definitely concerns about him. Charles, fantastic information. Yeah, I'm going to book it. you for next year. Oh, absolutely. Great yeah. Thank yeah. you nice so much. That's Charles Robinson, senior writer for Yahoo Sports, covering the NFL. We thank him for joining us. And I remind you, you can find the Giants Huddle podcast on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, and all your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you find it, subscribe, add us to your feed. If you like what you hear and you're an Apple podcast, please leave a five-star positive review. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time on the Giants Huddle podcast.